Thank you for listening, and welcome to Sacramento Musicology, the interview podcast exploring the creative musicians of Sacramento, California. Please subscribe to Sacramento Musicology wherever you listen to podcasts and follow along on Instagram at Sacramento Musicology. This podcast is dedicated to discovering the creative process behind Sacramento songwriters and musicians. I hope that our conversations add value to your own creative path and inspire you to go out and support local artists. Thank you again for listening. And if you're interested in having a conversation, please reach out via Instagram. This podcast is brought to you by Luna's Cafe, established in 1983 in Sacramento, California. Luna's Cafe serves the fine, freshest juices and liquidos in town, nothing frozen or concentrated. Luna's menu also includes sandwiches, salads, the world-famous quesadilla, fresh ground coffee, mochas, and other espresso drinks. A nice selection of beer and wine is offered to be, so be sure to stop by in the evenings for live music, open mics, and wonderful entertainment from one of Sacramento's most prominent cultural hubs. Luna's Cafe is located at 1414 16th Street, Sacramento, California. That was the best one so far. You live your life on the old days. I'm on the road down to Lady. Caesar was a hero. Groovy. We're rolling. How do you say your last name, Daniel? Uh, Trudeau. Trudeau. Of the band Pregnant. Yeah. Thanks for doing the podcast. Of course, man. We are rolling here. Um, so I, you know, ha- know a little bit about Pregnant, but not a whole lot. Um, it's been a band for ten years. You were saying. Um, mm-hmm. What is what's the beginning of that project look like? How did that start? Uh, it started with just me screwing around with a. I used reason for a long time where I was just uh-huh. dorking out, but, um, I played music with my brother in a band and in, in high school, mm-hmm. it was called hello Mexico. And it was kind of just gross little name. pop jammers. Yeah. Like when you look back on it, you're just like, you cringe, you know, you're just like, Ugh, what kind of, hell what kind of gonna... pop music? It kind of sounded like death cab for cutie or okay. whatever we were listening to at that yeah, point. Yeah. Um, so I knew a little bit about playing music, but, I started to like want to sample and do uh, electronic music a little bit more. Really? So I started screwing around with all these uh, DAWs like Reason. I don't think Ableton was out yet, uh-huh. but I was just messing around with loops and then using those loops in a way that I could compose like backtracks to sing over, you know? And I was just playing with that because I'd never played with any recording stuff before. And then I just got deeper and deeper with it. And then, you know, basically throughout the years, just it turned into like, you know, much like you said, you're doing this podcast where you're learning more stuff as you go. It just became like a snowball of like understanding different gear and like how to present yourself live in a way that like not only you enjoy, but also people that are watching you enjoy, you know, yeah. which is really hard to do actually. Like a lot, there's a lot of people that they'll perform live and while they really like what they're performing, it's not <laughs> fun to, unfortunately the thing about performing is that someone's standing there looking at you mm-hmm. and they're like, 
they want to see you doing shit and stuff, you know? Right. Maybe you're maybe you're putting your leg up on an amp. They want to be entertained. Yeah, they want to see things along with listen to them. So uh-huh. that was a weird thing that I had to get used to was like because you're doing stuff on computers. Or I was doing like, stuff on that... Yeah, yeah. At first I was just playing backtracks and maybe playing one instrument over the top of it. Just I, yourself. Just me. Just this one man yeah. one man thing. Yeah. And you felt like self-conscious that like the audience was like, what's this guy doing? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think most, if anyone, I mean, there's some of those like savant people that perform and they, they might That's, think, you know, they might, they might have nothing like that. They're just born to be like people that are in front of other people, but mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. It took me a long time to be comfortable to, you know, demo things that i was doing in front of like a large group of people it's a really it's actually like a hard thing to do it takes time to understand how to do that in front but of people. that's also like so big now with like electronic music is like these one one person with the with their with their equipment will like sell out a las vegas yeah coliseum yeah i know that's a whole and that's a weird thing to me too because if you're starting off music where you're like, okay, I want to do this, and you're gonna you're gonna get in the zone, you know. Uh-huh. If you're starting off, you're not just gonna be offered a show at some massive club that has like subs and yeah, you know, speakers in each corner of this massive arena with because that's what's cool about those DJ guys is it's like it doesn't really the maybe, maybe they'll bob a little bit, but really what you're watching is a presentation that the venue and the managers of this person spent thousands of dollars on that's you know? true yeah it's really true yeah and if you gave that it would kind of be interesting to give that to like maybe some 16 year old that like screwed around with their laptop and just see how they sound in a club because i don't think it would sound that much different it would still probably be slightly entertaining but right i don't know so the combination of the lights and the sound or the lights in the in the show with the sound yeah, for DJs makes, specifically, yeah. I, I think they like really need that kind of thing. Like, when did you get like over the, the the I guess that insecurity or whatever of being in front of people and just, I I think I got over it like slow. I mean, in different ways, like you know, many different ways and many different times I got over it. But it's it's like it's strange to extend yourself personally to if you're making personalized music like where you're singing lyrics or this or that and you're actually feeling it and like there's a lot of times where I'll sing a song where it's about something specifically that like screwed me you know fucked my heart up or like or or it's just some some random song that you know but but it's like extending yourself if you're actually in the moment and feeling that vibe where you're performing for people that's a weird thing. Like it's, I've never been kosher with me <clears throat> to look complete strangers in the eyeballs while I'm singing something that I've only dealt with. You know what I mean? Like I don't have that sense of connection with someone immediately like that, like other performers would. So a lot of times when I'm performing, I'm looking down the whole time because my my understanding of music is that it's an aural experience, meaning it deals with your ears. Uh-huh. So it it doesn't matter to me what they're seeing me do, you know, or like what I'm, what presence I'm supposed to have. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know. Forgive me when you ask me questions because I'll go on 
long ass That's what tangents. it's about. Yeah, That's yeah, what it's about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even know Dude. what you asked me. But <laughs> um, once you got other people involved in the project, were you like looking at them and able to connect with them on stage and like, was that a different feeling than just being by yourself? It had to have been. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, the the whole reason anyone would would have joined Pregnant was because, much like you said with the podcast, is like how you're 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 getting these relationships from other people that you're talking to. Uh-huh. It's like when I would play music, people would tell me, "Oh, this would be sick if you added this thing," and I'm like, "Well, can you do that thing?" And then we would do it. But um, as far as uh, you know, connecting with them on stage, yeah, I think I could do that. But I've always had more the the vibe about my performing style, where it's so much about listening. It's kind of like Igor Stravinsky. If he has people join his orchestra, he's not going to be like, "Oh, dude," what? and he's looking over at like you know the string section or whatever. It's kind of just like an orchestration. So it has a sort of muted tone to like the camaraderie that's happening amidst the band members. Right now, you know, after like 10 years of rotating casts, yeah. I mean, I, Pregnant has definitely become more of like this teammate kind of thing where I, you know, and the people that I'm playing music with right now, they're like super tight homies, like brothers and sister homies, you know, like I've known them for years, like my girlfriends in my band, uh, you know, two, three of like my closest friends that I've known forever are also my band. So it's really easy to like wow. get really familial with them now and like jam out, like maybe look at them like while you're doing some sort of little drag solo thing or something. Or our, our, our drummer, uh, Michael, he gets pretty, he gets pretty lively on stage, but he's always been that way. So uh-huh. it's like, it's, it makes it easier for me being the quote unquote leader but also being the kind of person that I am where I'm I'm not super sociable on stage yeah. to have such a rowdy group of people, you know, like that you, will dance and move around. Yeah. And stuff. As a like um, a leader of, of a group, like how do you feel like that's impacted the rest of your life? Uh, I mean, or would you call yeah. yourself the leader? That's I mean, the, that's, that's the thing a, such is, a loaded word, right? But like, in a way, there has to be somebody who's put right. the flag out there. And no, my band members will will tell me that too, regardless of the lineup over the years. But it's like, um, I mean, I just do what I can, and when someone joins Pregnant, I'm not telling them exactly what to play, you know? Because to me, music is an experiment where it's like, okay this person wants to play music with me and take this seriously, like in a touring sense and a recording sense. So let's see what they do, you know, Mm. and you kind of have to give yourself over to the collaboration that you're about to do. And, you know, sometimes it might be annoying. Like someone might play a different downbeat than you would imagine the song would have been, but sometimes you just have to roll with it. Right. But as far as um, being like a leader of a band, like I've never considered myself one because I'm, I guess I'm not that kind of person where I, you know, it's just strange to be the leader of something because they're also giving their energy to the project. But a lot of times that, you know, other band members that are in pregnant will be like, 
you know, I'll realize like, whoa, I am a leader. Like I'm booking 90% of the shows that we're playing. You are. Yeah. And yeah. We don't have a, a manager or anything like that. That's the other strange thing about pregnant is, uh, it's been really self functioning for the whole time that we've done it. You know, it's like, if we've done anything, it's, you know, mainly because we did it. I mean, all in house recording, promoting, booking. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I, it's also people that respect the band that are willing to record pregnant for free. You know, cool. that's, that's kind of a hard thing to do or to find for a lot of people, you know, like people will ask like, Oh, how much did you guys pay for recording? I'm like, the, the guy that recorded it, it's like my, has been my homie for the last mm -hmm. 10 years, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's what we did with our, uh, we're almost done with the new record and Luis, the keyboardist, he has, um, just so much recording gear and he's just given all of his time and effort to the project because just because he likes it you know yeah. so how, how many records have you guys made dude i don't know yeah because the because the i mean there i know there's a lot of them like maybe 13 records but in about but 10 yeah when about they're a done i usually just forget about them and there's so many different formats that we've could i, could I actually hit some of that water yeah there's so many formats that we've released. You made some on, tapes. Yeah, like tapes, yeah. vinyl. Some of them are digital releases. Uh, like some of them are CD. Some of them, you know, it's like it's hard to yeah. keep up with all of them. But I think it's somewhere around 13 or 14, you know. Some of them being less serious where they're, you know, they're more like just audiophile little pieces that are set aside where it's just like, Oh, weird! Pregnant made an all instrumental electric electronic sample driven album, you know. Right. Or some of them are more. I don't know. Pregnant's pretty eclectic. It sounds like on it, accident. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Um. So take me through like all these members. Like, I, do you remember them all? Like, how many people have been in Pregnant? <clears throat> well, oh man, I think the first person that did Pregnant with me was my friend Joe Bengri, who I've known for a long time. So we, we got Joe. Then I had my brother Matt. I had Daniel Ramirez from Placerville. And then my friend Molly, who has a, a really cool project called uh, Pop It from Davis. Cool. Where she just had like a little headset microphone on like Bjork. Oh, nice. And she would do like kind of performative stuff. She joined... I mean, I feel like I'm going to forget some of the people because it's been so many different people. I've had, right now the lineup is Luis Gutierrez. Michael Salman plays drums and he's also played in Pregnant in other ways, you know? Yeah. Uh, Devin Grant, uh, Eric Woodard. I mean, I could just... Wow. The, I mean, none so, of these names mean anything to anyone because they yeah. might not know these people. But, but I mean, the, the relationship that you have with these people and then when it ends, I'm curious about like... Um, oh yeah, if it's like an emotional ending. Yeah, there's like, is there is there trauma? I guess in the band. Yeah, due I, to like just yeah. ten years of like, you know, in people in and out and whatnot. I think the main thing that happens is I have a drive behind the project that is kind of like people might not. I think they're very stoked to join Pregnant when they first join, but then as they go more. <laughs> They're like, holy shit, Daniel, Daniel's <laughs> fucking insane. Like, He's a this is man. too many shows. Like, there's too much expected. 
you know, and that's, and, th- but the thing is that. That's that leadership, uh, right? Well, I the, mean, you're setting an, you're setting a tone for well, what. The, the thing is when people join, I, I've gotten so used to a revolving cast of band members that I make sure to tell them when they join, like, you know, it's all good if you can't do a show. It's all good if you need to jump out for life reasons or this or that. And, oh, that's you know, cool. just like make it known yeah. so that it's comfortable because, you know, there, there's a lot of times where people will have a band and there's huge expectations that are built up because it's a serious thing. You know, you're, yeah. you're getting together with homies and you're making something that like really frees you from the world. Kind right. Of. So, but the reason I have such a patient outlook on it is because I'm not usually joining other bands. It's something that I feel kind of, I feel kind of bad about. It's like, there's a lot of people who join someone's band and I wish I would have done that a little bit more, you know, in Mm -hmm. the past, like maybe learned how to collaborate with someone else's project. So I do, what I'm basically trying to say is I appreciate band members when I have them. It's like, dude, what is there to complain about? Right, like, these right. people want to play music with me and they want to help me make my compositions sound amazing. Like, right, right. That's yeah. really humble. Um, do you ever think about like the future? Like briefly out on the, the patio, you said like, I don't know how much longer I can do music. Oh, yeah. Is that like um, the near future? Or is that like, you know, I mean, it seems like you got a pretty strong vision for what you want your music to sound like, like, is that just going to go away, you think? Or what? I, don't, like, I, I don't think that I'll ever stop making music, but, but what I've been finding lately is that, I mean, there's a lot of difficulties. Uh, you know, there's the obvious one, like I have a 10-year-old daughter, I have to work, all the standard things that everyone else has going on, but also my energy is not what it used to be. Like I used to have like a lot of energy regardless of what kind of work I was doing or what was going on. Yeah, but I think the so thing. So now you have to be a, you have to schedule things out a little bit more and probably like plan your energy a little yeah. wiser. The scheduling has like really taxed my ass lately. Like it's what do like you mean? I mean, being a band where you don't have a manager that helps you book shows and get guarantees. You don't have, you know, even labels. We've gotten on some considerably like nice labels where there's there's some good benefits to being on those labels but as far as like getting payment for the records that you released at the end of the year it's never like buku dollars so the 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 sense of like sort of terrestrial reward that comes with pregnant is not much other than just putting your all into it and being proud of what you made you know that's that's the reward that we get unfortunately I'm 34 years old now, so I'm, I can feel that now, you know, like I, I couldn't feel that like 10 years ago, but it's like taking a kind of toll on me. And there's kind of like the rite of passage of becoming an old person, you know, like when you're getting older, you need to slow down a little bit, which is so crazy to hear myself here because I didn't, you know, I didn't just like anything, you wouldn't imagine yourself saying shit 10 years in the future, you know, like if yeah. you weren't that kind of person. I think when I, in my twenties, I had this idea that I was going to like transcend age and like never get old. Right. You have this like idea and that you could like transcend culture and society and that you could like maintain this, 
youthful perspective even as you get older but then when you get older you're like maybe it is useful to fit into like certain social norms oh and, yeah and do things a certain way right and do things like an old guy right. <laughs> yeah totally dude. right i mean i mean i've had some weird little health problems that like you know like a a 30 year old might have uh, that I won't mention <laughs> but it's like you realize that your body is like not just like robotic pretty much but yeah to, to answer your question yeah so like, music in the future what's that music in the future has been this this it's been unchanging because the like I said the only reward that I get out of playing music is hearing my music that I've made like, it's like, I, I like feedback. I like playing shows and getting feedback and like feeling like someone appreciates and likes it. I, I like everything that comes with music, regardless of how popular maybe pregnant would get amongst communities of people. And, and you know, but we're, we're always obviously trying to get on some bigger label that would assist us better. But really what I have learned a long time ago about playing music and having aspirations about it is yeah. that it's just fun, you know? Right. That's all it is. And that's all it will ever be. You know, it, right. it's like, if you say, I mean, I could throw the scenarios out there, but you know what I mean? It's like, just, is Justin Bieber having fun making music? Yeah. Fuck if I know. I, right. Who knows? Know? <laughs> I always think about, cause it's weird. Like there is this aspect of like people striving to be popular and famous with music, right? And yeah. This is the age of it right now. Like, every, what do you mean? Whether it's music or, I mean, my daughter oh. wants to be a YouTube hero gotcha. for, I don't even know what that is, you know? It's, a YouTube star, like, yeah, yeah. have a channel. Oh, yeah. And I mean, podcasting is, is, is a form of that too. Yeah. Um, but at the core of all those things, they're just fun, you know? Right. It's like, if, right. If they're not fun, then you people can tell you're not having fun, you know? And, right down we go <laughs> right <laughs> right ship i'd always think about this um i can't i'll paraphrase it but it's, it's from the bhagavad-gita but it's like you're not entitled or you're only entitled to do the work you're not entitled to like the benefits or whatever it is you get from the work yeah totally you know you don't deserve anything you don't yeah, yeah. you really believe that though like and you you said it took you a minute to learn that though because i think it oh, took yeah. me a while i'm still learning that actually oh, i think yeah. if i'm honest uh, tell me about your journey through that realization. I mean, when you hear yourself like you do throughout your entire life, because you're sitting there, whether you're audibly speaking or thinking, you hear what's going on in your mind. And if you're uh, bitching and moaning about what it is that you might deserve, and you hear yourself do that, I think that the other part of your brain, the other voice in your head is like, uh... <laughs> okay dude like we don't deserve anything not only that but every time that we've ever had an and i'm talking as if there's two daniels right now you know like yeah, yeah. every time we've ever expected anything <laughs> it has always been different than what we expected you know what i mean you mean it's what like, you got yeah i mean Was say it? you go on a trip or something yeah. you know like what did you go on any like traveling trips recently like i went to death valley in october which is really nice was it what you expected no yeah it was totally different yeah, huh? yeah yeah and it's like that i try to live off of that truth where it's like that is almost 100 uh, percent the I truth like you know what i mean it's like i don't 
I don't know what to expect of anything, so why expect anything, you know? And it's not, you shouldn't be like dampered and down about mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You should be excited because you don't know what's going on. It's not know? nihilism or apathy. It's like... It could be. It could... I wish nihilism and apathy had like shinier, like silver linings, but they don't, Oh, you know? I think it gets dark, yeah. Yeah, it does get it dark. It can get dark. So you're setting the bar low with like, with music aspirations from the get-go or was it always was it always like that or did you ever want more do you want more now yeah i think there's like ways of yeah i do set the bar i i guess that's a weird way of saying it because it might connote that like i don't care but yeah keeping it fun but but there there is the business side of music you know the quote-unquote business side where it's like you know, if we don't play shows, no one's going to know that this music exists. You know, if we don't try and find a record label, there's not that many people that are going to hear this music. So there is things that you have to do. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're, it's just a hobby if you don't do that. You know, why, why do you think that we as musicians want other people to hear our stuff? It's something I've been thinking about. Like, Why do I care, Tyler, if somebody hears this? Like, yeah. You know, like... Is it I know, that, it's a weird it, question, yeah. It's a little, like, egotistical, too, in a way. Well, yeah, it's like the ego... Yeah, dude, there's ego in everything. There's no yeah. escaping that stuff. Like, yeah. I, I think it's... I, I, I went on, like, a big Alan Watts thing love for it. a while. Yeah, I love that guy. And that guy's interesting as hell, but he, he sent me into this place where it, it's like he's making... This is my experience, you yeah. know? It's just like... I can't escape my ego, nor do I want to, Mr. Alan Watts, you know, like I, I need my ego to, to make specifically Daniel things, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's like, um, but as far as why do we want people to hear our music? It's like, it, I mean, it obviously is a, a thing where you need reciprocation. Like we're, we're altruistic uh-huh. beings, you know, like we're, we're social animals. So with art that's another reason why art is so awesome is it like reflects that social quality and if it's not social i mean i've often found myself being like i have quite a few friends where they're kind of hermit creatives and you're like dude this painting's amazing like this piece of music you just showed me is like what the fuck and and they don't show it to people. Right. What, it makes yeah. me kind of angry, but right, it also right, right, it's right. also like, I kind of like that you're like a little hidden gem here, you know? Yeah. And so you did just show when it you, to me. When you talk to them about not sharing, why do they say it? Are they just like introverts and totally shy? Or it's is that it like, second guess kind of thing, you know? Or they don't want to like re- get rejected? Uh, I, I'd I think be curious. It's, a, it's, it's all those things, you know, depending yeah. on the individual. But the more, more it's like, you know, it could be laziness. It could be you know, the fear of, of people not liking it. I also know people who, you know, this, this is pretty harsh, but it's like, I know people where it's like, they'll make music over and over and over again, and they don't get much of a response from that music, but they keep doing it. And I'm still proud of them, you know, like, but they, it, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's different for everybody. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I, I, um, Last week, I, I told you I had a music therapist on. And then you were telling me about your buddy who does, like, the tonal therapy on people. But um, she said something really interesting. She said that, like, she, so she goes around all week playing music for people to try to help them heal. And then at a certain point in the week, she 
sets aside time to where she'll just play music for herself. Oh, hell yeah. You know? and she Yeah, she better or else, like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, she's not recording it. She's not making a song to, like, put on the internet. She's just playing a song she likes. And she's That's, doing it oh, as okay. therapy on herself. Yeah, totally. And it's been a theme that I've been talking to these musicians is that, like, music is a form of therapy. Um, what do you think about that? Is that... Dude, it totally is. Yeah, and I, I mean... You know, when we're talking about like a specific project in this case being mine or whatever, it's like, you know, we'll talk about all the other things, but it's like, obviously, yeah, like the composing part of making music and like, and just finding what it is that you want to find. Like lately I've been doing like these little audio recordings on my phone yeah. where I'll just do like a mouth mimic and I'm like, I'm going to take this home and transcribe it to guitar mm -hmm. or whatever whatever medium that i can but yeah that's dude it heals the hell out of you to like make make a composition and then be able to like you know you could record it or you could just be playing it and enjoy it but as far as uh a healing yeah it's like i've gotten through some of the most gnarly shit in my life by writing songs especially lyrical ones you know yeah. like if they're if i had like a breakup or if i was going through times where i like felt the darkness of the world like it's really easy to sit down and be creative and like leave that place you know right. or at least address sometimes even address it in a way that and now after you address it then you maybe years later listen to the song that you recorded and you're like holy shit, yeah, this makes tons of sense now. And I taught my past self, taught my future self something just, yeah. only just now, you know? It's, it's really right. weird. It's like time machine stuff, you know? like Or time capsule stuff. It's weird. Do you ever think about, like, um, so something happens to you in your life and then having, like, instead of, like, just kind of having a, an emotional response to it, but something more conscious where you're like, all right, this breakup happened. I want to view it this way. I want to give it this meaning. So I'm going to write in this way. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so like, say you had a breakup and, and it was like, you viewed it as being toxic. To sure. Toxic okay. or your fault. And you wanted to put a different spin on it where it's like, instead of it being my fault, maybe I'll just write a song about acceptance self-acceptance or for like oh yeah, yeah, yeah do you know what i mean like yeah so like something more penetrating than just going wah wah style yeah something yeah dude every time you that do? i write yeah, yeah yeah it's it's always so you the facets of those things are so much more because you of course if you go through some heartache with like a family member dying or or someone leaving you in a relationship or a friendship parting ways there's always more to it than just like the break of it happening it's like you think about the history you had with the person you think about what kind of person they were and there's all kinds of emotions that bubble up inside of those types of songs where they could be like really happy at one point then they can dive into this really sad shit you know mm -hmm. and it can get kind of like composition style and some right you know like as if like orchestra style you know? and then if to take that further if that's something that you're going to perform on like a night-to-night -night basis or a tour oh and I know. it's like a feeling that like you know you're going to be tapping into every night oh yeah yeah that's yeah. a weird one too yeah where you write like 
a song that does not pertain to your emotions now as it did back then. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a weird one. I think about that all the time with like popular musicians where man, what was this what was the song? It's like anything, you know? It's like that Daryl any Daryl Hall and John Oates song. It's like I don't know what this song's about, but you guys have probably been touring this song for the last like 20 years. Yeah. I think at that point it's just like this song's fun to play and it takes me back to that place and makes me feel that reminiscence i think that's the only use at that point of you that think song. they have to disconnect yeah for sure yeah, there's there, have you ever written like a song and recorded it where you hated it and then it sits on your computer oh, yeah. or tape deck or whatever yeah. and then you listen to it maybe like years you know what i'm saying uh-huh. you're like holy shit like this song is great like why did i hate this you know what i mean right why do you think it's just in the moment you're like this is dude? Not, it's just a time shift thing. Time like your shift. brain is in so many different places at different times that you can't like that. You know that's why I've been thinking about this a lot. Where it's like uh-huh. a concept of hypocrisy or being mer- mercurial. Have you heard of that? Mercur- I've heard that word. Tell me. It means that you are your your mood changes all the time, and you ha- you have you want different things at a more rapid pace than other people might want them, you know, like more people are stationary or some people would be stationary and they're like, this is what I want. And it'll last a a specific amount of time. Yeah. If you're, but I I was thinking about specifically the concept of hypocrisy. It's a strange thing because in my experience, I can't help but be a hypocrite. You know what I mean? It's like I'm changing all the time. Like, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm My brain is changing all the time. So if a couple days go by and I've experienced something enough to be like, to feel differently about something, then am I a hypocrite? You know what I mean? It's like, huh. I am for sure, you know, but it's like, I don't know. So you personally, your wants and desires are changing more frequently than other people you feel like? I think personally for me, I would be that thing I was saying, like I'm a mercurial kind of person. I think I'm saying it right. But, um, and I think it's probably something that comes from maybe some sort of Greek God, like or it's some planetary thing, but that's what that word means. Like a shifting of personality maybe even yeah or, yeah, yeah. Or... kind of like a kind of like a, a stable schizophrenic i guess you know what i mean it's like but only because so what's an example of like something you might want this afternoon that you didn't want three days ago an example would be like recently i've been delving into old things that like i used to ride bmx bikes when i was younger and i left that because i hurt myself so many times like my i broke my collarbone and like tore my pedal through my legs and where i could see my bone coming out of my leg and it was a creative outlet for me um and then i stopped doing that to play music so Mm. but now i've gotten back into doing that because it's a really nice physical thing for me to do that feels artistic and formulaic in that way so it's like i've been kind of ripped torn between you know, maybe making music or I'm a visual artist too. So mm-hmm. it's like, but my, that's, that's the most comfortable thing, right. example I can right. come up with. There's no, obviously other things. I for totally sure. relate to that. So like, I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to do a podcast today. Maybe I should be writing or maybe I should be playing music instead of podcasting. Yeah. 
Um, but I was talking to my friend Pat, who was telling me about how like it's all from the same like creative pot. Oh like, yeah. No matter like I mean, no matter if you're BMXing right. or like making music, it doesn't matter because you're still like being creative. You're right? still engaging in everything. Yeah. And it, it, I think I think that that sort of hypocrisy laden sort of thing can also show itself in relationships that you have with people in your lives. Okay. So real quick, tell me why you think you're a hypocrite again. Cause I, I, I I didn't say that. What I'm saying is I'm tripping on a lot of terminology. Like we were talking about anti-societal kind of naturally anti-societal kind of individuals where if something has been widely received as normal for a given amount of time or whatever, then it's hard for us to wrap our brains around like, oh, like, you know, I can accept what I'm seeing here, you know, like, you know, it's, it's a weird thing. Like me living in the same room as my daughter, you know, it's yeah. like, that was a good example that we were. Right. So we were talking about how you were, um, you're able to kind of fortify yourself against the societal norms. Yeah, because More so than sometimes you don't have a choice but to if if you're if you're the kind of person that's intaking information from many different beings and you're open to the world, your brain and your mind and your soul are going to change much more rapidly than someone who's not doing that, you know? Okay, so it's a, this, is it a heavy one? No, no, of, no, because I've um, there's this big five personality test. Have you taken that? Oh yeah. One of but, them is. But explain it to me again. One of them, one of the big is this five. The colors and everything too. I don't, no, I don't no, remember no. colors. This is some hippie book I had. Keep going. Uh, one of the five, it's like openness, neuroticism, extroversion. I don't know. There's five of them, but one of them is openness. And um, you're probably like me, where you'll score off the charts in openness. Where yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Whatever book I just read. Whatever album I just listened to or conversation I had is gonna like totally influence me. And you're gonna tell everyone. And about I'm gonna it. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell everybody. Everybody in my life is gonna know. Yeah. About what's it. your zodiac sign? Um, is that the uh, Virgo? Is that what, oh Virgo? Yeah. Then we're we're Earth Bros, dude. Okay. What's that mean? You're, I'm Capricorn. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Earth, Earth. I, yeah. I mean, so, I always see this is. This is another, the Zodiac stuff too. Okay. It's like just another way of like being able to like socialize even more, you know? You think Down so? Down that same path you're talking about. It's like. Wait, tell me more. I'm saying uh, Zodiac stuff, there's some people who will be like, it's bullshit, dude, you know? But, and I feel the same way, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's therapeutic to be able to talk about something that is something we don't understand at all, but it's just a process, you know? Uh-huh. It's like, oh relation i'm down fist bump you know what i mean like it's uh, like um but okay real quick back to the openness yeah yeah yeah. you're like Mercurial, dude you're going elsewhere and, <laughs> and the uh, and the hypocrisy i'm trying to figure this okay. out okay the hypocrisy i'm comes basi- from yeah yeah i'm basically just talking about how weird it is that we have these diagnosed terms and the the terms every word that we've ever come up with in any language it's loaded as fuck you know what i mean like it means something you know so i i think about words in this way but i was i was thinking about hypocrisy and this this mercury mercurial kind of person and uh, in relation to you know just who i especially who i am gotcha. you know, so because doing, you wanted one thing now you didn't want it you don't want it tomorrow you're a hypocrite 
You're, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or ask, or rather, asking, "Am I a hypocrite? Or ah. is this? Or what is the use of this word if so many people do this? You know what I yeah. mean? It's like a. I think it's only hypocritical if it's like um, a transgression against someone. Yeah, if else. it's, it's if like it fuck someone yeah, else up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but totally. if it's like what you want or desire in that change, like I don't think that makes you hypocrite. Yeah, that's a weird. See, that's another weird one though, because you might do something where it feels like a transgression to one person, but to the or to one party, but to the other one, it's like no, this is completely. You know, it's like what feels like a transgression. You know, it's like I don't know. I'm wrapping my mind around the world at large right now. I'm just like, really? well, yeah, it's like, are you going through like a philosophical season? Do you I have seasons like that? Cause yeah, yeah. All the time. Sometimes dude. I'm like just straight stoic. Like this, this is how it is. This is what, and then other times like I'm more open and, more, Oh yeah. You know, are you, do you relate to that? Lately for sure. I've been like, you know, you go into straight business zone where you're, mm. you know, it's just like, I just gotta get through each day, dog. You know, and like, mm. you're not thinking too much, but right. you know, then life happens and you start thinking about it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I get, I get pretty deep into meanings and understandings, you know what I mean? And, and I, I think lately in my life, I've found some, you know, people that I'm closer with right now, they're people who kind of understand inherently what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like when I'm, when I'm saying, when I'm talking about it, they're like, dude, I get you. I understand exactly what you're saying. That's what, or at least that's what I've been noticing lately is like human beings lately. I don't know what it is, but it's like, they're more in this state where they're just like, they either understand each other or they don't. I think we have like a really huge, uh, what what are we, what are we calling it? It's the, the words escaping my brain. Where it's just like you know, it's gr- a grouping, you know. Oh yeah, um, like the, the polarization. Po- polarizing. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's endless polarization happening. And in you the world. think that's not political? It's also like societally. Like oh yeah, like, societal. It's, it's like yeah. we're either gonna get each other like at the drop of a hat or we're not. Is that? It's been happening. Yeah, yeah, it does happen a lot more. Well, because you just connect with some people right away, like. Sometimes it's and then, just that easy. And you then know? other yeah. times you're trying to uh, get your point across and there's just no hope. Exactly. And that those types of interactions have been what's been sending me down this like labyrinthine thought pattern zone. It's like, what, what is it about words? What is it about definitions? And what is it about, you know, classifications that bug us i mean i've definitely kept it inward because there's so there's so many ways with words to hurt people Uh there's so many ways with words to uh not only communicate things but also to miscommunicate things you know what i mean Uh it's something to think about and i think that it's i'm actually pretty stoked and thankful to be thinking about those kinds of things right now because i i don't think that that was happening before what's happening right now, these huge polarizations of left and right politically or like this or that socially. It's like, it's cool to think about. And I think it will lead to some sort of really more profound evolution in the way that human beings think about each other, you know? Yeah. It definitely is. I'm feeling it already. Do you think that, uh, because you talked about meaning a little bit ago, like does music give your life meaning? 
Uh, yeah. Or is it not something that you think about in that way? I think I, yeah, I mean, that's the weird thing that I'm, that I was trying to explain. I was going through was like realizing that music hasn't been like my big, it used to be like literally, you know, 80% of why I wanted to like wake up in the mornings. Cause it's just like, dude, music is so much fun. Like, yeah. I love this shit. You know, I love creating new compositions or whatever, but, but you know, I have so many other things in my life that make me stoked. I have, I have a, an amazing, beautiful 10 year old daughter, you know, like that she's so, and she's more inspiring than most music that I'm listening to or even making, you know? Yeah. I've kind of had to put that's, I think that's what's going on with me too is like, putting whatever stuff I have to think about aside because my daughter is just, she's an amazing visual artist and she's like hilarious. She's just making all this stuff. And I'm just like, I kind of got to like step off of the, the, my own little stage and just like let her go for it. You know, right. it's part of being a parent. I think is like, you start to, you know, it's like, let's let this light, let's let this light shine, you know? Right. So she was yeah. around for the whole band. Yeah, she's she, ten years old. The band's yeah. ten years old, right? Yeah, that's the, that's what's weird is she kind of put the flame under like when I when me and her mom were first deciding to have her or not. Uh, we we were eventually like, okay, yeah, let's have let's have a baby. Fuck yeah, let's do this. Uh -huh. Like, and um, I told her mom Jocelyn, who's also an amazing, talented musician. Um, I was like, okay, if we're gonna do this then I need to, at that time I was being offered to go on a tour for my friend, Sean, who lived in South Korea. And he said, he, you know, he asked me, do you want to come out and play some shows? And I was like, well, let me ask Jocelyn. Cause apparently we're going to have a baby, you know? And I was like, okay, Joss, you're going to be about eight months pregnant when I go out to Korea for a week and a half. It, you know, if we decide to have this kid, that's what I'm going to do. Are you okay with that? She's like, oh yeah, I'm fine with that. So, cool juniper being born and knowing that i had that much responsibility coming up that i didn't know anything about put a huge flame under my ass to be productive and you know kind of live out whatever dreams i had murky dreams i had of of what i wanted to do with music you know yeah and at that point i was way more in the zone to you know I was, I was in that kind of headspace where I was like, oh, what can I do with this? Like, can I, you know, how, how far can I go with my musical experience? And, uh, I mean, for the, for the most part, the reason that I play music nowadays is to make cool compositions that I enjoy, that I didn't think I could make before, and to travel. Like, music yeah. has sent me on so many... Let's talk about that, yeah. Yeah. I know you guys have been to Japan. Apparently, there's a South Korea thing too. What is with this? The first what? Asia thing was uh, my friend Sean from Auburn, which is close to Placerville. Yeah. He moved out to to South Korea. I don't even maybe three years before he invited me out there. But he um, he he got he was he was literally bringing like Grimes and. All of these big American acts he's bringing to, to South Korea because South Korea, it is and has been going through 
becoming a more like worldly place you know okay. south korea before before like sean and other people who are pulling the world into south korea it was just this place that was all its own yeah you know? interesting. now it's becoming yeah. really worldly like it's i mean some mate some you know that parasite movie have you heard of that uh. movie yeah i think it just won best picture at the grammys um and it's a Korean-made film. Mm -hmm. But anyways, Sean was bringing out all these big acts. And I think he was getting kind of tired of, like, getting them guarantees and running the whole game of, like, being so serious about bringing out these acts yeah. to South Korea. that, And especially exposing it to South Koreans that might have never heard anything like that. And getting, you know, just building a scene out there for that kind of music. So because he knew me as a friend, he's like, dude, why don't I just bring some homies out here? You know what I mean? To play some shows. But just that first experience was so much fun and so different. Like Asia is so yeah, what was different. That, what was that tour like that, that first week and a half in South Korea? I mean, it was kind it was, it was awesome and it was weird. I like, I went with my friend Mason Lindahl. He plays expertly on guitar. Like he's, he, it's like he, I need a bunch of gear and shit to make myself seem like I'm doing something fun, but. Mason came out with just his guitar and he just, I can't really explain his style. Like if you post this on the internet, I could maybe like give you a link to his music, but it's fucking amazing. I went out there with him and uh, we did so many weird shows. We did one show above um, this Korean restaurant that had, uh, above it, there was a place called the Firebird and we did a show called, that was a round robin event. So, I set up in one place with this little clicker and then a, some Korean pop band set up right next to me on another stage. We put Mason, my friend, up on this big pile of weird blocks and we put him all the way at the top and he has a little clicker as well. And then like four or five other bands, same thing. But we did round robin where you click your little clicker and a spotlight comes <laughs> over you and you perform one song. No way. You try and bleed your song into the next band that starts up. So when you click, your spotlight fades, and then the spotlight fades in on the next band, and they they fade it in. So it's just this endless revolving thing of music. Do you and know when your time is coming, or does you kind of have to just you have to like kind of see the band? Mm -hmm. I remember just being like, "That's weird." Yeah, it was <laughs> so weird. Hey, you're you're like, okay, they're either gonna come to a dead stop. <laughs> Or they're gonna do some weird little like U two fade out or whatever, uh -huh. but you you eventually you figure it out. You know how I mean? long did the robin go, dude? It went. I think it went for like <laughs> two and a half hours, what? or three hours or something because there was seven bands, you know. But it was that was like the coolest experience. The only thing that sucked is when you play a traditional show, you just play your whole set and mm. then thankfully you're done, and you can sit thankfully. there and just drink a beer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Because for me, like I said, it's yeah, a chore. Yeah, back to the beginning. Like, yeah. Performing live for you has always kind of been a, a weird thing. It's kind of a chore to it's me. kind of a chore. It's a chore to me in the sense that sometimes it's a goddamn pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. To drive all the way or, or in some, you know, or fly all the way to a place and get... But the energy that comes out of me, like when, when I'm done playing a set, like especially pregnant because... Our, you know, I don't, if you, if you haven't seen us play, it's like a family sized picnic table with samplers, yeah. all this spaghetti wire coming off, 
drum pads, my guitar sitting there, a saxophone stuffed under that table, a drummer, a bass player with a bass amp, and then our keyboardist has like a like a dual stack little synthesizer thing with a bunch of pedals. It's just it's and, a lot and to set so up. much garbage to yeah. bring with you overseas. So it's a lot of stress to set all that up. And you are kind of at the end of your set. You're like, dude, it's over. And you feel like this weird cold sweat come out of your body where you're just like, oh my God, I did it. That was a lot of work to do that. But that's kind of a, it's an oddly gratifying thing. It's like if you were to jump on a train yeah. in California and end up in Colorado, it would be really uncomfortable, but you'd be like, I did it. I made it, right? Yeah. Are you ever, and do you ever enjoy the the fucking train ride or is it like oh yeah I you do. know what i mean no i really do but it's, yeah. it's like one of those kind of scary things a little bit where it's it's odd to to i i've seen recently a more I'm, I'm seeing recently from get from delving into different activities other than music just how sort of vanity filled the whole music thing is. yes and and it I'm slightly disgusted, to be honest. It's like yeah. it's by like, yourself or by other people or by me, like, myself. The, yeah, all of, yeah. all I feel of music, it. you know. I feel it. So that vanity thing. I, really I don't think gets social media helps. You have to with do, all that. What sucks is you have to do. You have to be involved. I've thought about in this. Do vanity. You, uh, do you to, have to? One of the questions I've asked myself recently is like, do I have to? Unless you're a unless you're a busker, like my friend Trey. You heard Trey Burt's music? Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. Trey just, I, I wish I I want to get him on here. You should get him on here. Absolutely. I'll give you his phone number cool. after we're done. Awesome. And he, I think he'd love to do this. But he's a busker, so it's like, he's sitting there, just all he needs is his goddamn guitar, and he's just, <laughs> you know, and all he has is his, is his thoughts and his lyrics and everything. And he, I think he really got himself accustomed to doing that kind of thing where it's so much less about vanity than it is like, hey, throw some money in if you want, but I'm just out here like playing my songs. And I didn't really ever, I mean, I've done things to some extent like that where you knew you weren't going to get paid for a show or something, but right. you just went because you wanted yeah, to play yeah. music. You know? uh, yeah, half and of maybe, these shows are like that. Yeah, but surely Trey, even Trey's aim was to affect people, you know? So, you know, the vanity thing, especially as you want more people to hear your music and the way of to do that is using social media or whatever internet garbage you're going to use, you're going to need a, a press photo mm -hmm. so that people know what you look like and maybe they'll feed off of that in an extrasensory sort of way. You're going to need a music video that may possibly have you in it mouth syncing, looking a specific way. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, like I said, I've been getting into like BMX again and I've also been getting deep, really deep into doing illustrations mm -hmm. again. Um, it's like those things are almost more interesting to me lately because there's no vanity involved mm -hmm. in it. You know, like there's literally not, none of that is involved in it. Um, I don't I, even know where I we can got relate to that a lot because of um, actually doing this podcast is like that, where I'm trying to kind of get out of myself and see what other people. Yeah. And it's like, look at what we're about. doing right now. You know what I mean? Like I showed up here because I thought it would be cool. You know, I just have a huge ego and I just want to talk about it. <laughs> it's like, 
this in some way might get people to listen to my music, but it's also really fun to like sit and talk about right. these processes and everything, you know. Right. For you and for myself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the vanity thing and the fame thing, that's that some can people be toxic, handle that, man. Yeah, it can, but some oh dude, gosh. some people handle it so good. Like, How? Who? I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't want to say who because I don't want to target anyone, or I don't want to say who because I would definitely want to also add who doesn't handle it well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, I feel I think maybe like fame destroys some people. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, yeah. It definitely does. You know. We've watched VH1 and whatever. Uh, behind you know, the music? We watch TV. We know who got ruined by music and like uh-huh. their their shit. But like Luis, our keyboardist, he's super into, uh, oddly enough, uh, Justin Bieber right now. I, don't ask me why, but he's just, he's, he's deep into it. And, uh, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. But he, he's talking about, you know, because it's really easy for you got to imagine Justin Bieber's like not only career, but his life where it's like, he's like this like 15 year old yeah, making like this little pop shit for, for young women and whoever else wants to listen to it. Apparently Luis. And, and, uh, it's so easy to make for talk show hosts to just make fun of this kid right in front of his face, you know, cause he's 15. doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. It's like, I guess it just depends on who, gets famous you know what I yeah mean? or why do you think people want to be famous i don't know i have or no attention idea. people want attention i know like we said before it's like it's a social thing it's like you're accepted into the tribe you want to be accepted and you and who doesn't like to have some attention put on them but you can you have you ever had that imbalance where maybe someone was giving you a like enough people were giving you like compliments about something Mm -hmm. even if it was totally they had the best intention like you just graduated from some college class or something you're like Mm -hmm. okay thank you inside your mind you're like dude thanks for the praise but fuck i've heard you know Mm -hmm. congratulations okay got it you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) or it's like if that happens enough eventually you're just like oh i need to escape this just like it's anything else you know what i mean so and that's where the fame gets toxic probably i've had the thing where people say nice things to you after you do something but then you focus on like the one thing that didn't go well oh yeah you know like the um, because they said this was or they might have said you're like certain way what about that other thing yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. oh yeah exactly that's a good point too oh they didn't compliment on that like there's that good meme where i don't know how they express this in the meme but it's like a guy who is at a show and he didn't even play at all. Uh-huh. But this other dude walks up to him and goes, dude, great show, man. You know, because uh-huh. he because so many people will go to a show and they're essentially just there to be social. They don't watch any of the music at all. And then they don't know who performed. So they'll end up drunkenly walking up to random people and being like, dude, you guys played great tonight. You know, it's like and that's that is literally how it goes. Yeah for some bands and that's actually been sort of my beef with music lately too it's like i don't want to uh go down like any alleyways where i'm just you know being a music critic asshole or something but it's just like i'm feeling like music 
right now is not taking too many different turns like it used to for me when I was like 25 or 26. I feel like there's a lot of people kind of just, it's almost like it's compartmentalizing on itself, you know, like I want to hear different things, but I mean, I'm also, you know, I don't, I don't listen as much as other people do, you know? Yeah, me either. So I can't even judge, but it's like, I, I, think, I haven't heard like a band where I was just like, holy fuck, in like really? a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. It's funny too with all like, with, with like Spotify and like the amount of music that's out there that you don't feel like you're hearing anything groundbreaking. It's pretty weird, but also you make a good point because I don't use Spotify. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no. I have a Spotify for our band, but I don't listen to Spotify at all. Well, how do you listen so, to music? I I go on YouTube. I oh, wait YouTube. for a friend to tell me about something new. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have you heard of Idols? I haven't. Check them See, out. See, you are, you're on Spotify, dude. It's like there's so many goddamn bands. It's yeah. like, holy shit. But you know, I even the Spotify them? thing, like I feel like... Because it's algorithmic. And yeah. like, I feel like they don't really give me like a whole bunch of cool stuff. Oh, so you are, you are kind I of get my like, like eh, eh, yeah. Eh, oh, yeah. Eh, eh, no, I use, yeah. I use music very like, um, like I listen to jazz in the morning and drink coffee and jazz write. is great for coffee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I go to the gym, I listen to like, sometimes I'll listen to even hip hop or trip hop or something to make me work out. Yeah. I yeah. use music. Or when I'm driving, I might put on something calming. I use music in Classical that. music yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Rarely have I put on a record and be like, all right, I'm going to get into this band. I'm going to see what they sound that's, like. Dude, that's the other thing. I that's used to. That's such a good point because yeah. that is the kind of listener that I am too, where it's like, it's like it has to have not only a purpose for like cruising throughout the day and what you're going to be doing throughout the day, which is actually something that I need to utilize more. Like I'm realizing like, I'm working on a drawing right now. Why aren't I listening to music at the right. same time? You know, I should do that more. But I'm that kind of listener too, where it's like, if you if you have an eclectic openness about your brain for music, then you're going to want to listen to all kinds of different music. So the band thing totally makes sense to me. It's like, ooh, this band, fuck yeah, let's do it. Like the last band that I felt that way about was Deerhoof, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard yeah, Deerhoof before. Yeah. It's like, those guys enter so many different places for me uh, on an eclectic scale that it's I can listen to just that band and be like, fuck, dude, they just took me all over the place. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm good now, you know? Like, that was a good musical experience. Right. So, yeah, I, I need that kind of shit more. And it's too often that I'm hearing albums where it's just like, okay, I get it, you uh -huh. know? If anything that I take from it, I'm just like, that single on that album is pretty good. I'm down with that yeah. one song, you know? But if, if it's... But from what I've heard of your music is that you are like trying to do those things. You're trying to push a little bit yeah, into, into genres. And and into, yeah, you're pushing boundaries. Yeah. So you get to be a critic in that world, you know? Oh, do I? I think so. Thank you. Okay. I think so. Right. I mean, you know, just because like, um, maybe the accolades or whatever it is isn't there for you that you yeah. think should be there before you can be a critic. I think that because you're in that yeah, yeah. What, world... Who, who gets to be a critic? I guess yeah, everyone you do. does. Huh? Everybody <laughs> who's making something, right? Yeah. I think. This is why I'm tripping on words like hypocrite. and You know what I mean? It's like, it's like 
you know, like critic and stuff is like, it's like, uh-huh. who gets that? Like, when, when did we decide? Dude, but there's art out there that's bad. And there's music out there that's bad that like a majority of people would probably agree with you on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and, know, there's and objective. It's, it's subjective for sure. But it's like, you know, I can't help but also apply subjectivity to these hardcore terms like, like hypocrisy, for example. You know, it's like, it's like some terms are just like crazy. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna yeah. stop going down that path. No, no, no. It's maybe because of the um Well it's biblical too. I know. Right? The, it's like Yeah, the back the backing a, behind each uh-huh, word. It's uh-huh. like holy shit, there's a lot of history behind this word too. Like there's it means more than what it says in the Webster's dictionary. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But when I thought of hypocritical, I always think like don't tell someone to not steal and then go steal. Oh that's what I always think about when I think of that word. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You know saying. what I mean? When you give me an example, I'm so, such an example fiend, dude. Like, nothing makes a sense. Metaphor? To me. yeah, yeah, I yeah. need it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, what I mean, are the ways could, there to think could, about it? It could be softcore, too, where it's soft like. Core. Yeah, yeah. Here's a softcore <laughs> hypocrite right here. Uh, hey, Daniel, you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Uh, yeah, yeah. What kind of bread do you want? I'll take. Uh, oh, yeah, I only eat wheat bread. And then the next day they see you eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on white bread and you're, it's like, are you a hypocrite? I don't know. Are you? You know? Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. I'd say who, so. And then also, you're, but also who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, do you? That's the soft they? core version. Yeah. That's the soft core hypocrite right there. So do you guys got any shows coming up? I think uh, I'm going to release this in um, April. This podcast? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, will, will the album be done? The you're, album, you're working on a new album. I don't know if we said that. No, yeah, the album's the album's done. It's uh, done. It took like a year and a half to do, and then I'm What's just... What's it called? I don't want to uh, say what it's called yet, because I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking, because I definitely think I'm not going to call this album this name, but I was thinking of a really horrible name, 100% Beef, was uh, what I was going to call 100% it. 100% Beef. Because so many of the like songs... Eating clean? Eating clean beef? or No, no. no. A ton of the songs are about disagreement and misunderstanding that is like really prevalent in the world right now. That's lyrically what this new album's about. Is this a political album in a way? You could call it whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and I actually like, I, I, I think with, with the lyrics that I come up with, I, I just... I make syllabic lyrics where I have a syllabic process where it's just I make a thing on guitar or keys or with samples. Yeah. I start singing gibberish. Yeah. And then I make lyrics out of it. And later on, those lyrics make sense to me. What I'm noticing coming out of my subconscious with the lyrics in this one are that there's a lot of like beef in them you know like there's something uh-huh. there's something that i can't deal with that i'm like kind of like, bummed out about like ang- anger resent- angst, anger, angst anger possibly resentment oh you're gonna make music for a long time then even yeah, 30, yeah you're 34 right you're st- yeah yeah <laughs> i should be I'm good. the same way yeah yeah dude it's like if you can still tap into that, like... Yeah, it's like a little diary or something. It's good, though. I mean, yeah. I think that's where a lot of the good stuff comes from. I got to ask you one more question. So I've been... I was talking to this girl yesterday about how she will put aside time just to make music and just to be creative. 
um, because she would like feel guilty that she wasn't like, I don't know, doing laundry or doing the dishes or doing something she should have been doing. So she's like scheduling in creative time. Okay. And I'm curious about these creative people I'm talking to. I'm schedule. I'm curious if you do the same thing, like where you're. No. No. You do, do you ever feel? I, I have to feel like making the the thing. Okay. If it's scheduled, then it's like usually not gonna happen, you know. But if I'm feeling it, then I. That's. I I think the way that I go about stuff is I just try to stay on top of the life crap as much as I can so that when I'm feeling it, I'm just like, it's time to draw or it's like, it's time to make some music or it's time to go to, you know, like just do the things that you actually enjoy. So you don't have like a daily regimen or a daily practice? I mean, besides, you know, doing the dishes and laundry and with making music. sure that my house, oh, with music? Yeah. Oh, lately? No. Oh, and no, just in general, like, no, I have to be able, I have to feel it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I have to like, feel like, like it's kind of like that vibe when you're reading a book like you might be like i don't know i don't feel like reading a book but then you pick up the book and you're like holy shit i guess i really wanted to read a book right now like i'm getting deep into this you know like i don't know if you've ever yeah. had that same sensation like Me i'm not gravitated towards books usually but then when i have one in my hand i will not stop reading the fucking thing you huh. know and it's like I think that same thing happens with maybe musical process where, you know, I'll at least sit down and be like, okay, am I feeling it? And then if you're not, it's just like, no, just let it go. You just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Groovy. How about you? Are you regimented? Like, yeah. Does it well, work for uh, you and everything? Right now I'm doing like, I'm playing lead guitar in a band. So I run scales to like stay up on chops. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So in that way, I kind of do it. It's only 10 minutes in the morning with like a metronome. Um, but if I'm like writing an album or something like that, I'll schedule time usually. Because if I don't, I feel guilty. I feel like, oh, I should yeah. be doing the dishes instead. Oh, yeah, Does yeah, that yeah, make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. No, because no, no. like I start feeling something like you're saying and then you go with it and then life gets neglected. Or, or that's what I would tell or, to or do. Whatever or whatever gets neglected. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a tripped one. I mean, another phenomenon that I found is uh, when people need to be alone to make music. Mm. Are, do you need to be all by yourself to like make something? No. Or, okay, yeah. No. I'm not one of those people either. I could sit there where there's people just sitting around and yeah. I could just dick around on yeah. a guitar. And... In fact, it's almost like helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. I know, to have... It's like that mom and dad phenomenon where... When you're when you're younger, yeah. maybe your parents are like talking in the other room, and it makes it just easier to do stuff. You know, uh -huh. it's just like oh, there's shit going on here. I can make music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like people who go to the coffee shop to study, when right. there's noise I, going yeah. on. Like, do you do yeah. that? Uh, I mean, I remember my girlfriend does that a lot. With when she's going to UC Davis, she'd go to the coffee shop, and you know, it would usually be like, "Did you get a lot of stuff done?" And she'd be like, "Hmm." No, not at all. Because like eight people came up to me and started talking to me. You know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one. But to I yeah, I don't even think I could go there to draw because I would run into people or get distracted by something. I should try that one out again. Yeah. Are we through? I think we're done, Daniel. Right, I think we covered I'll a lot, it. man. I talked your ass off. That's great. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me.